I'm just glad Harambe wasn't alive to see this. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't care. He's a gorilla. He's a gorilla. Previously on Watch and Talk. I can't imagine Charlie is a bad boyfriend. And we grow a lot of corn in this country. I think you, I think Satan likes Froyo. And then I'll get murdered by the Secret Service and that will be the end of our play day. <laughs> no, there was definitely a time when it was exciting to get your guacamole guacked in front of you. So moist, so moist, so moist, so moist. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Watch and Talk. Oh, hi. This week we hi. watched episode 17 of the West Wing called The White House Pro-Am. Which is not a thing that was said in the show. It wasn't. What does that mean? What's a pro-am? I looked it up on the internet. Pro-am is when a professional sets off against an amateur. Oh, very topical. It might be some sort of sports thing. Yeah, I know it from like golf, celebrity golf tournaments. So if you think of like Happy Gilmore, where he's playing with Bob Barker at the end. Classic Mm. film Mm pro-am. So the previously on was a Charlie, it, mostly from the last episode. This is the most condensed previously on I've seen. It makes it seem like this is a continuation of the last episode, but it's really not. It also makes you think there's going to be a lot more about Charzo and like the... This one's pretty Charzo heavy. Like, I just thought more was going to happen. I don't know. I was really focused on the other conflicts in the episode. Well, this I is guess. like part of the arc of Charzo. Right. <laughs> it just makes you feel like more is going to happen. Maybe because I know what's coming. Anyway. Ooh, what's coming? Don't tell me. But what's coming? Nothing. Okay. Coming. So the first scene is the first lady uh, for the first time in a while. And she's kind of like harassing this little kid. But you're not going to get nervous, are you? Nope. Because if you do, I'll beat your brains out. Yes, ma'am. Not me personally, because I have people who do that for me. But you get the idea. That she she's sure about is. to go on TV with. Yeah. I wrote here, <clears throat> first lady inappropriate with a child. I wrote <laughs> threatens to beat up Jeffrey. Yeah. And yeah, but kind of cray. Yeah, little did I know at the time, this comes up, this kind of sets up the whole theme for the episode, but we don't know this yet. She's just being, yes, quite quite inappropriate with a small child. Amateurish. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes, and she is the titular Am of the of this episode, <laughs> and, guess, and it sets it up right away. I guess Sam's the pro? Or, I mean, as, as an... As a tool of the president, her husband. Right. Wait, wait, the president's the ultimate pro. In this scene, in this isn't episode, Jeffrey the M, and she's the pro. Yes, there's a there's a, a clear parallel drawn, but yes, but you could see already from the start, this is the er uh, bungle. This is the er amateur move that sets up the entire episode. Are we going with er instead of air? Er, you or, are. Yeah, original. Like the ancient uh, Mesopotamian city. Oh, oh, yeah. I like that. Yes. <laughs> Carry on. So they're going to go on TV. They're doing like a local news interview. And this kid's got some, he's got an, a, an issue that he's involved in. It's like child labor slavery That's stuff. sort of ironic that they've got this kid working on it. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's the only one that cared. He's doing, he's doing the whole media tour. Yeah. You know, in America, they force kids to go <laughs> lobby for labor reforms. Sit next to the uh, Even first lady child. nine hours a day, taking uh, vicious verbal abuse. <laughs> really, But the kid's assaulted. really good on TV, though. He's excellent. Like, he's so well-spoken. He's, like, not accepting the premise of the question. That's and, like, because turns... his life depends <laughs> on it. His performance. <laughs> 
He's really he's like shifting the Overton window. Stage mom is in the corner, like pinching him and saying, smile. Yeah. So they, while this is on, uh, the first lady's like new chief of staff, this lady, Lily, goes and talks to Sam and they're watching the TV show and Sam's like, what, where did this meeting come from? And she's like, I found him yesterday and now we're already on TV together, which is he's like when when did jeffrey become a thing you yeah, know the thing is it's really easy to vet a kid yeah it's so not like a lot of paper a couple pages of, di- of data by the way the subtitles say that lily is spelled l-i-l-l-i i know i noticed that too i did not get it yeah never seen that before but uh then they have a little bit of argument that she wants the white house to like change the schedule a little so that the first lady can get more press attention for her speech the next day which we did, actually don't end up seeing. This whole episode takes place in one day. And they, she's like, we want the news cycle. And Sam's like, it's not our news cycle to give. Like, we're competing for it just like anybody else is. And then Toby comes in and he says, turn on Channel 5. Because that's the thing. It, not MSNBC and not CNN. Channel 5. Oh, no, no. That used to be a thing. That was a thing. Remember? Stretch your memory. I know. I remember. But it's just weird. <laughs> Wait, was that a thing? Yeah, like Channel 11 was like the WB. Channel 8 was UPN. <laughs> I think it's just we don't have cable. We're like watching no, no, on no, Netflix but that's and internet in every, in every but you city, know, like, every provider. Yeah, but, but the local... They would know it and it would be the same all over Washington. Yeah, but it is It is kind of funny. Like, I, I don't know. I guess... In, at least in New York City, there's so many sources of television that, and they're different. Like someone's Channel Five with one company is gonna be different than someone's Channel Five well, with another company. HD stuff now, it's like there's Channel One Dot Oh Four, right? Which is even crazier. No, uh, simpler like times. Forty channels. Simpler <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe they used to have only forty channels? I don't even no, understand what like people 3, did. Channels. What were they? What were they watching? And well, there used to be, there used to be like three channels. And what? And how? Like, how did people live their lives? Like, how did that work? What did they do? Yeah. After work. Yeah. I mean, I no, they watched like the, I guess they watched videos, TV. VHSs I used to watch, like, repeatedly. They probably just watched more like YouTube or something. Yeah, probably. Back then. That makes sense. And then, so what's on Channel 5 is that Bernie Dahl died, and he is the Fed Reserve Chair. He's kind of an Alan Greenspan character, it sounds like. He, like, presided over the longest period of prosperity in the country's history or whatever and then sam is like there goes your news cycle so because that's going to be a big deal for the next few days uh finding his replacement the market reaction all that stuff they i don't know how i guess people would be really concerned if the fed chair died yeah that's a big story no i mean it's a cabinet post it would definitely be like in the newspaper you don't think it would be a big deal well greenspan at least was a very public figure it depends on how integrated they are with like the president's political arm, I think, at any given time. Sure. But uh, they, they go to the Oval Office after that. The president's getting briefed by some like military intelligence people. There's a really great out-of-context quote where he's like, is there going to be a coup? <laughs> and they did, never did elaborate. They ever get back to that? No, well, I'm not, not at sure all. what he's talking about. Yeah, I wrote that down. I really like the implication that that's how crazy busy the president's days are, it's though. It like, could be a coup. And Yeah, it's like... It's like, that, maybe coup. That's maybe... 5% of your cycles for this day is worrying about <laughs> preventing this coup from happening. But then Leo pulls him away, tells him about Bernie Dahl dying, Bernard Dahl. And their very first response, they have literally no sympathy. He died about an hour he ago died? on the way to the hospital. Bad timing. I say, who knows so far? We got it off the news. Damn it. Yeah. Market's going to open 200 points down if we're lucky. The market's going to open down. What do we do? When do we name his replacement? 
Leo has a very strong opinion for this guy, Ron Ehrlich, and he wants to announce it. The president says no. And the reason the president doesn't want to announce it is because he banged his wife in so, college or something. Yeah, they like dated for six months and when she was in Nine college. months. Yeah, nine, nine months. months. To be clear, the but, president did not bang Ehrlich's wife, but Ehrlich banged, banged yeah, his wife. Mrs. President. Yeah, yeah. Bar- Abby Bartlett. But yeah. so in the previously on for this episode, one of the things they show is that in the MS episode, um, right, yeah. <laughs> Abby says to the president, um, like, I could have married so many other people oh, other than yeah. you as like a funny joke. And it was like part of their cute banter in that episode. And so they're using that to sort of foreshadow this. Oh, yeah. She did sex so, with other people. Yeah. <laughs> before. It was a very strange yeah. use of the previously on. Mm. I think it's pretty good, though. It also shows how like clustered the like elites come from. It's like yeah. they all went to college or whatever together. Mm-hmm. Leo wants to announce this thing, but the president wants to wait a day. Um, he, I think it, over time it comes clear that he really does have some reservations about him, although he never elaborates on them. But he just wants to take a day to consider it, which seems totally rational to me, I think. For respect. For respect. <laughs> yeah. He well, also so, says he's not, but it's ready not respect though. to jump they don't into care. bed with him, and he would be like one of the few people in his family who hasn't jumped into bed <laughs> with Ron Ehrlich. And I thought that was kind of a gross thing to say because he has like all daughters. <laughs> It kind of shows that like that actually may be the main reason he's hesitant about it because it is yeah. the first thing he says. After that, there's a Donna and Josh scene. Oh, jo- this is prime Donna Josh here. Yeah, Josh is on hold uh, waiting for a call. Josh doesn't seem like the kind of guy who has to wait on hold very often. This must have been a senator or higher, I think. And Donna has a book that she's reading. It's what life was like 100 years ago. <laughs> and, and, it- and this is one of those bits that they do pretty frequently in these episodes where it's a it's a thread that connects ver- the various characters throughout that. Yeah, episode, everybody's so. reading this book. Everybody, for it's whatever like a reason, Malcolm Gladwell book or is something. into <laughs> the what things were like a hundred years ago book. But Donna reading this book leads to like my favorite and the funniest line in the episode, which happens later, which is um, <laughs> where she talks about uh, this like sewers like stomping on the pedal. Oh right, yeah, yeah, would, that one's later. <laughs> yeah, increase the women's sexuality. Yeah, that's later. Yeah. Uh, you guys looked at me okay. like we wanted to talk about it. No, now. we can I talk thought... about it, but that's much later. We can talk about and it later. And also, there's a better quote. There, well, but it comes later. From Donna? No. Okay. Okay. We'll battle. Yes. Battle of the quotes. <laughs> Quote battle. Yeah, so this book apparently, as far as I can tell, is just a list of facts. Just of things yeah. from 100 years ago. <laughs> right, because everybody's just got a laundry list of them. Uh, Donna's for this scene is that people used to use egg yolks as shampoo and uh, boric acid right and yeah. and that do we know what boric acid is yeah they you still use it it's actually used to kill ants borax right borax is a laundry detergent and borat boric is a a character for comedy character unrelated okay yeah yeah unrelated mm. no boric My acid <laughs> yeah <laughs> boric acid is um boric borax is made from boric acid and boric acid is is this white powder stuff you can use to kill ants. It like coats them and then dehydrates them. Yeah, basically. and Donna was saying they would drink it. They would, you know, you wash their hair with it. Oh, so okay. it's also a laundry detergent. But only keeps, once keeps a week. ants out of your hair too. Yeah, it keeps the ants. I out. I do have an ants problem. Yeah, hair wise. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's that kind of funny thing where it's you know these two names used to be the top two names for women and now they're not in the top ten thousand. And Donna like interrupts Josh's phone call to tell him like. 
they're not in the top 10,000 names anymore. That's important. Oh, yes. There, are, there was also apparently a problem 100 years ago with drive-bys. Right. and it, On horseback. Horse. Yeah, Josh already gets the joke <laughs> before Donna can tell him. And it's just like, yeah, okay, horses. That's what they used to ride. Good, good job. And then uh, there's a Sam and Toby scene. They're writing the announcement or the white house response to this guy dying when leo and the president found out about it like they didn't they weren't sentimental at all but sam and toby are talking about how they can use respect the concept of respecting this guy to like buy themselves some time before announcing a replacement cj's gonna need a reason why the president's waiting a day that doesn't sound like we're reconsidering ehrlich i just gave her one what respect the man just died out of respect for his memory and his family. It would be wrong to name a successor on the day he... Respect works. Wait a minute. Leo, to be fair, seemed to be very distressed about his stock holdings. <laughs> right. <laughs> he wants to sell off all his stock before the market opens up. Um, and then Sam is also worried that, like, if this guy can die, I could die, so I'm going to go to the gym. And then Toby also says he's going to go to the gym later in the scene. But this is true, guys. Like, anyone can die. So go to the gym. No, no, no. I would just like, I stopped it before you. you <laughs> yeah. We don't, you don't have to go all the way. Just it's because it's true regardless. Die. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. And even if you go to the gym, everyone's going to die. It doesn't change that equation. You know what'll, what will mm. mean you never die? Going to the gym. That's what I learned from uh, this episode. Oh. Do you feel like it's like a <laughs> Sam measure? doesn't die this episode. No. Well, not this go. episode. <laughs> He did almost like, but uh, do, do you feel like head. it's kind of a measure of like the success of your life if when you die, the market crashes? That's pretty good, right? That's a, that's some legacy. Yeah, like I'm hoping for like a computer crash. Yeah, I could do like that's like that'll Any be good. Crash? that'll be commensurate with my lifetime achievement. Like all the computers? Any just what, like a like a phone? <laughs> yeah. Dropped cell phone call. That's Completely all. unrelated to your death. Just I'm saying. Like a blood sugar crash? Anything. I'll be happy to get. All right. So then Josh comes in and he's going to pull Toby away for a meeting. And there's this gigantic trade agreement thing that the White House has been working on. They say going back like seven years now, like across multiple presidencies. It's and the Global Free Trade Market Act. It's GAFTA. GAFTA. G-A-F-T-A. No, it's G-M... G-F-T-M-A. F- it was really long, like A-A. It was the, it was the worst uh, acronym. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like NAFTA, but it's a Global Free Trade Agreement of yeah, America. Yeah, th- there's markets in it. Um, it's like the NAFTA and the It's TPP. G-M-A-T-F-F or something like that. The Global Free Trade Markets Access Act. And then uh, Toby does really doesn't want to be in this. This is the, uh, like... Uh, anti-free trade Democrats that they're trying to like pad the vote total with. The White House has already kind of locked up the total vote. So they're just trying to convince these last couple guys to bring the liberal flank of their party together and show some unity. This is actually topical. We've actually got a trade dispute going on in the government right now between the centrist Democrats and the more far left Democrats. And And same thing in the Republicans. And the Trump this is uh trade is the most cross party it like it doesn't it doesn't fit into like the liberal conservative mold in a way that like almost no other issue I can think of does. Because well, it's so purely about haves and have nots. So it's really 
it crosses party lines and ends up being is it are you are you pro corporatist and pro elite or are you pro local and pro geographic workers when i was in college i actually went on a far lefty retreat for the weekend to learn all about how bad the free trade area of the americas is how bad is it very bad yeah yeah they subvert local governments they change environmental and worker safety rules yeah but if you think about it, labor has a certain scarcity due to the limitations of geography. And when you reduce barriers to trade across uh, geographic boundaries, then you are increasing the supply of labor. Does this have to do with Brexit? A little bit. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's what Josh says in the meeting. He says it's a more even distribution of resources or something like that or a more optimal allocation of resources it it increases efficiency but what that really means is it it reduces the the value of labor by increasing supply yeah there's a race to the bottom effect but it theoretically lifts the bottom because even that doesn't scale globally the global bottom right well i mean a way to kind of look at it more simply is let's say that you have a labor union there's only so many sources of scabs to break a, a, you know, the leverage you have through striking. I got a lot of scabs. But when you've got a world economy where the product of labor anywhere in the world can be obtained without sort of artificial tariffs and increased costs, the world is full of scabs. <laughs> yep. it's, it's, uh, it's made of scabs. It is. Just scabs all the way down. I think they, they don't cover it particularly well in this episode, but it, I think the way that they frame it is actually kind of like a little parable for the issue itself because it's it's already happening and it's a done deal. Free trade is going to happen. But there's these people that we're trying to like bring along with it that don't want to come on board and yeah. we're trying to convince them, but we don't really care because it's already happening and yeah. they can either get on board or not. Well, it's it's more like there are people who are going to get hurt by it and they're like, please at least acknowledge that we're going to be hurt by this. There's a cost. Like for instance... On my hippie leftist retreat, we learned about how a Canadian firm was able to sue a California firm, and then they had to remove the... Uh, something bad happened. <laughs> it was like a long time ago, but it's bad. I remember that. Yeah. Damn Canadians. Right? They don't go into the meeting yet, but they're going to have a one of those Roosevelt Room multi-scene meetings about this. Then there's a CJ press conference. She is announcing that they're going to wait a day to name this replacement. Um, even before she can like say the condolences line, the press starts asking about the replacement. And then she says the respect line that Sam and Toby come up with. Uh, and she nails it. She yeah. really nails it. It's uh, great. And then the, when they're asking... Like you the believe question, it. You totally believe it. You're like, yeah, it, she does have respect. It seems rational. She's got yeah. respect. So they, while they're saying all the replacement names, I think Sorkin took the opportunity to like do a funny name dump. On, so they say two names. It's Sidney Bloom and Lawrence Ottenberg, <laughs> which are both pretty great names. Now we have a Sidney Blumenthal. Oh, yeah. He's the, he emails with Hillary, He's right? the longtime Clinton confidant. So, and, and this episode is co-written by Lawrence O'Donnell. So maybe that's the Lawrence Ottenberg. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and Danny has a, a lead on, cause there's a Wire story out. What is the Wire? It's like AP or Bloomberg. It's a Wire Services. They 
have a huge staff of reporters and then other outlets, newspapers, whatever, pay to get a subscription of their news that they could run in there. They're kind of like the baseline news feed and then you add like your flavor on top of that. Yeah, they've got and and everybody's, you know, everybody's got access to the wires, Reuters and 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 Bloomberg AP, what Was, else? Is this like a, a reference to the Telegraph? I'm I'm not sure what it's called. What well, it's from the newswires the, they call yeah, it. Yeah, in the hmm. subtitles, they never capitalize it like the wire. It's just the wire. It's the yeah the the wires the various wire yeah. services yeah they must have been transmitted uh, originally by wire hmm. well they still are technically yeah they probably actually installed their own dedicated wires at some point that's probably why they called them that back when they used to do like stock tickers and stuff like that was like a dedicated hardware thing I mean they still do that to a degree of Bloomberg terminals and stuff um so yeah the, there's this wire story Mrs Bartlett declared a preference for Ron Ehrlich. To what extent do you think that's going to weigh in on the president's decision? I'm aware of no such declaration. There's a wire piece. Unnamed people close to the first lady are saying she'd hope the president would appoint Ron Ehrlich when Bernie Dell's term expired. CJ doesn't really have an answer, and Danny lets her off the hook a little bit. But that's going to set up a whole thing for the whole episode. And then um, she leaves the press conference and grabs Sam. And it's like, you got to help me with this. This story is out there. Sam goes and talks to Lily, the chief of staff, this new character, and is ask her like what's going on with this did you leak this she denies it he says did you leak this she denies it he said did you leak this she denies it um it goes on kind of a long time he's kind of rude to her so in this scene lily has like what i think is her power move where she like stands up and buttons up her jacket I have the opposite. I stand up. I begin to unbutton. <laughs> yeah, I think unbutton so I was going to ask, powerful. what what is your? Do you, does anyone have a signature power move at work? So I will I will lower some people's chairs while raising my own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before they come into the room. Oh uh, yeah, if, yeah. So it would actually be more powerful to do it while they're sitting in the chair. <laughs> yeah, just go kick the and bottom just stare of them chair. right in the eye and just yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Just don't break eye contact. I did put my monitor higher than everybody else's at work the first time, the first day at my new job. Very nice. Yeah, you can establish yourself as a fellow that smells good all the time, and then you know just leave a big fart in the boss's office. <laughs> Is that your power move? No, no, you... they know I do the farts. I'm just saying, <laughs> hypothetically. I thought yeah. you were smelling good as a diversion. Yeah. Nobody suspects the good smelling guy. Do you think wearing a lot of cologne is a power move for some people? Hey. No, that's sure a, it. Yeah, is. no, don't like do that. Powder don't move. do that. So uh, th- I have a power move and like, oh, two sort of. One would be if like a lot of people's office chairs, if you hit the back of them, they just go flying backwards. And like hurt themselves. <laughs> like if they don't lock it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't lock it. So if you go behind them and like push on the back of their chair. They could they could very well injure attention. themselves. No, they don't. Mm. They're not going to fall. It just really startles them. Oh, okay. It makes it's like makes them feel like they're gonna fall. it's funny because like they know you're you like goofed on them yeah and then my other move is a power hairstyle mm. <laughs> which is man bun no okay close though bun yeah um blunt middle part slicked back hair low bun it's my business hair sweet yeah yeah does no it work f- i think so i think everyone <laughs> takes me way more seriously me my too. hair looks like that or they think i'm like more serious i don't think that works for the man bun no, no, I think it has the opposite. Yeah, oppo- yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Yep. After that, there's the president and Leo and CJ in the Oval Office, and I think what the implication is that they're trying to give CJ some talking points on how to 
handle economic questions while this down day is going to happen. I don't know. It seems like the president just likes to talk about economics. Right. Um, he's He dropped some real theory on this. It's more uh, globalization talk, actually. It kind of fits in nicely with the trade thing. The national debt was so high it required us to suck up to the bond market. Yes, and I'm saying that condition doesn't exist anymore. Well, maybe so. Historically, American prosperity has been built on broad growth and the GDP of 5% or greater. And now, with the deflationary pressures of the global economy, that kind of growth can be achieved without the negative side effects of rampant inflation. Global markets have a like deflationary effect on currency, I guess. I don't know why that exactly that happens, but that's stated as fact here. So you can have more aggressive expansion policies domestically because there's this like external factor that's going to kind of counterbalance it. Leo seems to follow along pretty well with this. And then CJ really doesn't. And they insult her a little bit. Do you understand what I'm saying? CJ doesn't understand the words you're saying. I understand the oeuvre. I get the basic mise-en-scène. No, she totally follows along. She cops up. She gets the oeuvre. She yeah. says the mise-en-scène. Yeah, mise-en-scène. <laughs> mise-en-scène. Mise-en-scène. Uh, but yeah, she, her pronunciation on both of those terms is fabulous. Um, well, she, then Can she I hear your best oeuvre? Oeuvre. Hmm. Let's leave something to be desired. Jason, can we hear your oeuvre? Wavre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, no, we're good on... You're, you're good. We don't need to... That was good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is it because you, my pronunciation is always perfection? No, Jason just nailed it. We didn't need to take that bit a step further. Yeah? Yeah, we're good. So CJ wants, she's more interested in the first lady statement, it seems like. And she wants the first lady to make a statement. The president says no, but there's a, supposedly there's a signal in this scene. <laughs> and when I rewatched the episode, I was looking for any kind of tell. I'm, I'm not seeing the signal. There's nothing there. I don't. Everybody makes this big deal about, like, you got to know the signals. Did he really want you to talk to her? Or did he not want you to talk to her? So the president supposedly gives a signal that CJ really should talk to the first lady. But he explicitly says, find out who the leakers are. Maybe that's the signal. He says, like, do something. Just don't do the one thing. There ain't no signal. Anyways, um, he talks about who it might be. <laughs> He's really uh, accusatory of all of uh Abby's the first lady's friends. friends, yeah. So he says that one of the friends um, thinks that he's xenophobic because he doesn't like Mexican food. And just last week, he was eating Mexican food. I wrote this food. down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Having guacamole Insisting made. on the Mexican food. He was excited about yeah. guacamole. He wasn't just eating it. Yeah, and adamant on going to a Mexican restaurant. Right. On and on and on he went. Mm-hmm. But did he have a taco salad? <laughs> So how do, I don't know how the hell Aaron Sorkin wants me to pay $90 to watch his master class on screenwriting <laughs> if he can't even remember if a character likes Mexican food over two episodes. Yeah, you boned up, Mr. Sorkin. You lost the sale, buddy. I'm sure they fixed these clarity like errors noches. in uh, seasons four and five, which Aaron Sorkin has never seen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, when... Uh, yeah, it's like the first line in season five. It's like, do you remember that time I said I didn't like Mexican food? I didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> uh, and then Zoe comes in, and there's a very <laughs> awkward scene. What's up, Zoe? Just keeping it real. Hmm? Who the hell knows? What? Have you heard <laughs> such a thing? What is this crazy kid speak? <laughs> yeah. It's 
And also, like, I don't buy Zoe saying that either. She's like, yeah, just keeping it real. Like, it's not cool. But she is a leader. Yeah. And she's wearing, like, one of those, like, long leather jacket. Like a leather. Like a Matrix jacket. Yeah. (laughs) A duster. Yeah. I bought her keeping it real. Did you? Yeah, it felt pretty real. I, like, came off as an authentic, real keeping. I did not find that to be so. Okay. Well. There's a little bit of the president teasing Zoe about her course selection. She's now in college at Georgetown. Uh, he wants her to take more math. And there's a couple funny little bits. He gets a good little joke about that and on the way out. And then, but more seriously, he kind of leads into that they've been getting death threats directed towards Charlie from white supremacists. There's a white supremacist convention happening in Virginia this week or something. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to be there. All the white supremacists. So we'll see you guys this week. It's like white pride week. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually heteronormative day. And then, yeah. so they can't go to this club opening that they're planning on going to. I guess it was in the newspaper that they were going to go to the club. Yeah, everybody knows about it. Um, Danny knew about it. Yeah. He mentions it later. He follows up on... You going to the opening this weekend? (laughs) There's like one cool club in DC. Oh, hooks, yeah. Charlie can't go... He says that Zoe could go anyway, but that would be pretty dick of Zoe to go <laughs> oh, she's and definitely not take going. Charlie. So, but yeah. why is she safe and he's not safe? Or well, is it just that they're not tasked with protecting the him? Se- yeah, the Secret Service is there to protect her. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure they are like protecting him by association, but they're yeah, not yeah. going to take a bullet for him. But no, I mean, the, the no jumpsies. the white supremacists aren't really concerned about her. They're concerned about him. Yeah, they would. if they saw her, they wouldn't attack her, but they would... Maybe attack good, him. She's and, a good color. And she would yeah. be, you know, uh, yeah, innocent by bystander. Yeah, yeah, attack. And uh, yeah, so that's the end of that scene. Um, they follow up on that quite a few times in the episode. Then after that, there's the Josh and Toby meeting in the Roosevelt room. Talked about most of what's going on in this. Uh, Toby, not nice. He's explicitly being a dick. This right here, this is why you have a reputation as a pain in the ass. I cultivated that reputation. <laughs> I, I feel like I've just noticed this for the first time. He's, Toby he's, is not nice not he's, a he's team extra mean player. in this one because he's not trying to get their vote so he's not just playing the moral superiority card he's playing the smug moral superiority card yeah. now it comes but off worse this on him. is yet again a, a like a flip-flop on toby's character because sometimes he's the liberal purist and then other times he's like the pragmatist and here he's like hating on the liberal purists yeah that does seem a little bit because he, he does get very purist well yeah. i don't like I was saying before, I don't think there is a purely liberal position on free trade. If anything, I think the free trade position is probably the more classically liberal, the globalist, bring up pover- impoverished countries around the world perspective is the like big government liberalism message. It, he would also probably pair that with social programs at home, but I don't think mm. protectionism is an explicitly liberal thing. I mean, I think it's a populist thing, and I think it's like, but I don't think it's... I think I, I don't think, think there is a liberal take on that necessarily. I think there's sort of the realistic take on it, which is that globalism helps capitalists and corporations and hurts local businesses and also local environmental law, local worker safety laws. Yeah, it undermines sort of labor local law. sovereignty. Yes. I mean, that's that's kind of the the real the reality of it. There's the winners and losers whenever you change things, and rather than him being realistic about that he's sort of being dismissive about it and i feel like he could very easily have taken the position of at least acknowledging the legitimacy of 
who gets hurt by globalization. Uh, yeah, he does. He he only is like that, I think, because he knows he won and he doesn't want to be in that meeting in the first place. Yeah. I guess so. that's what I mean. There's like this tension between in Toby's character between winning and ideas. <laughs> and sometimes some weeks he's concerned about winning and then some weeks he's concerned about ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of weird. It's almost as if he's um, a television personality and not a real uh, person. It is almost hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. He looks a lot like this guy named Richard Schiff. <laughs> it's weird. Never heard of him. There's a, yeah, so CJ comes, pulls him out of the room because she wants some clarification on the, the what the president told her. And this is where they get into the, you, you got to read the signs thing. Again, no signs that I could work out. They just tell her to go find Sam. Oh, right. To Sam, deal with this. Sam is uh, CJ's helper monkey for most of this episode. Yeah. He's like doing all of the dirty work. Do you think CJ and Lily can't, aren't on speaking terms at this point, maybe? Yeah. I, well, so actually in this scene, CJ says that Lily said she has no idea who leaked the thing about Ron Ehrlich to the, pres- or to the press. but Which seems to then, be the case. But then she says, like, Somebody Lily's says, lying. Yeah. Did Lily do it? And she's like, yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally so i think maybe but also i think <clears throat> i don't know my little theory about this episode is that uh f- f- lily represents the amateur side because she's working for the first lady and they've got they've really got the But they make a big deal about how lily was super great in the main communication staff yeah and they, they all love her but she's as she's representing the first lady and the first lady is unelected she's just the lady that happens to be married to the president and not coordinating her message and planning it properly like it would does make sense that you wouldn't be advocating about global labor practices on the eve of a giant global trade bill it, about to get passed yeah, yeah it just no feels like they're setting up happening. a longer term conflict between the office of the president and his wife well, it seems like they're always f- fighting for the news cycle, or at least Lily is probably trying to make a name for herself and for, get the by getting the first lady press and stuff like that. And she really doesn't have the White House or the yeah, like the president in mind. So after that, there is a scene with Sam at the gym. Um, it's I guess this is the same gym that CJ was at the first episode where she fell on the treadmill. <laughs> He's he's doing his bench presses. His benching is really not realistic looking at all. Like fake weights, you think? He's go he's not doing a full rep, like he's kinda of going halfway down and then up again. Does like he even li- lift? His it, form is awful. His form is terrible, <laughs> but which is weird because Rob Lowe does look like he works out and would and has some decent looking pecs. Maybe he was playing a guy that doesn't work out very often. Or maybe they um, made him shoot the scene so many times that he yeah. was really tired. Or maybe those maybe. are pectoral implants. Oh, <laughs> You guys are blowing my mind. Can we start a Rob Lowe pectoral implant <laughs> conspiracy? I think he just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this congresswoman comes up to Sam and says... Rep Becky. Be- Congressman Becky. Rep Becky, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She has a an amendment to the trade bill at the last minute to introduce some child labor restrictions, which is going to be a problem because other countries have child labor, I assume, that are in part of this pact. So she's like, the first lady signaled to us that we should be adding this stuff. Why else would she be on TV with this kid today of all days saying this stuff? Um, Sam looks pretty freaked. And then he goes back to the office uh, kind of scared that this is going to ruin the vote for them that 
Toby was so cocky about in, earlier in the episode. After that, the, Leo pulls Danny aside. I always, every time I see somebody pull Danny aside, you know something good's going to happen. <laughs> um, the market they mention is down 320 points over the course of the day, which is a kind of gigantic drop. That's Brexit territory. Which also very timely. Yeah, yeah. we just had this happening. So this guy dying is the equivalent of like the EU breaking up, essentially. It's a pretty good legacy. Yeah, right? All of this stuff doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, I guess with Brexit, there there could be sort of like a long-term effect on the market, in, in, like net. But the Fed chair dying, and then obviously some new Fed chair is going to be appointed, and the market will recover. Like, who cares about a momentary dip? And also, It'll correct why, why is there sure. even a momentary dip? It's so ridiculous. I mean, there there is some degree of uncertainty maybe he's going to name some crazy person maybe it's a three percent chance maybe who who are the assholes who are selling their stock when the fed chair dies right that's what causes these yeah these problems yeah it's like aren't you not supposed to do that isn't exactly that that's what you're not supposed to do it It just seems like a stupid thing to do (laughs) yeah leo said he was going to sell off his portfolio he probably can cause a 300 point dip in the stock market. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> so what Leo is talking to Danny about is that the president wants to talk to him for five minutes later uh, during the Michigan women's congressional delegation. The many women, <laughs> the many women of Michigan party. So was there sort of like a like a wink and a nod implication that there's going to be a lot of hot Democratic women? Yeah. And Danny was like, "Ooh, I'll be there." But what about him and CJ? Aren't most women Democrat? Actually, no. not. Um, majority, but not. I mean, what do you mean by most? It just it seems like like it would make sense. Yeah, like women are a, are a accorded uh, voting block by Democrats, but really not so much by Republicans. Well, there's plenty of Republican women who are like anti women's rights. Yeah. So. It just seems like kind of an unsustainable position for most women. In, yeah. In recent polls, I think it's around 60-40 for, for Hillary over Trump. The Republican Party in general seems like an unsustainable position for <laughs> yeah. everyone who supports it, yet it point. still keeps happening. So I don't think there's a good explanation here. CJ asked Sam for some more help, uh, and then he's like kind of, he's going to go talk to Lily again later. But first, he stops by and talks to Toby and Josh. Uh, they're also worried about the amendment about the child labor thing. This is where they mentioned that this thing has been being negotiated for seven years now. And they say it's been over three presidents. And so I think that gives us a little bit of like historical, like West Wing history thing. And that the so we've pre- got a one term president proceeding, Jen. Right. Which kind of mapped to the Clinton thing oh, where. Yeah. Interesting. HW. Then they have the uh, Charzo at lunch. And we finally get our Charzo fix. We see it's coming in the preview, and we have to wait basically the whole episode. And my favorite thing about this lunch is that Charlie is trying to snag some of Zoe's egg salad sandwich. Yeah, this is, right? And this is at that same diner. Yeah. Yeah. The Mexican restaurant? No, this, it's at the diner, no, the, the, the Sam and Lori <laughs> diner. Like, yeah. did, did Aaron Sorkin skip kindergarten? Because he does not understand like the way normal people share. I took it twice. Where like one person <laughs> is reluctant and the other person's like, I'm taking that. Well, she she's like, you want a little bit of my egg salad, right? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, why does she have to qualify it? Like and then that? he never has any of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like normal people just eat each other's stuff. It's not a big deal. 
That's how I share. I'm like, you only want a small amount of this yeah, because you o- don't only have a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Zoe mind trick. Zoe's reading this book about the like life a hundred years ago thing, and then they list another dozen. You know, only nine percent of people went to medical school that practiced doctorism or whatever. Doctorism. Uh, <laughs> but, but wait, did, but did, did, I, did I understand the scene correctly that that uh, Charlie's reading notes that she took? Yeah, she uh, from the book. Yeah, she just made some like uh, fun facts. And she takes some notes on this a book. This reminds me of sort don't of, do, of pleasure. You don't do book like notes? a modern day like meme or list or something or BuzzFeed quiz <laughs> that would be going around, like, and everyone's talking about it. Yeah, but it's a book. Like this is what Disney princesses would have looked like a hundred years ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they were hipsters a hundred years ago. So then Zoe tells Charlie about the death threats. Charlie is mostly upset that he bought a couple suits already that he was going to wear. He was going to wear multiple suits to this event. He can't wear any of them now because he's not going. And he kind of blows up at her and she's like, I'm going to go take a powder. And then there's I'm going to go take a powder. Actually, Wait, right, did she say that? No. Girls, don't say that. That's silly. Actually, but I it really, sounds like you're gonna go do coke in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, while she's telling him, there's a pretty funny scene where, like, mid sentence, she's like explaining what's going on, and then the Secret Service lady like finishes her sentence with her. There's gonna be some sort of a meeting or convention this weekend, and Secret Service just doesn't think that it's we'll try to secure the place, Charlie. We don't like it. Too many dark corners, back alley doorways, windows. There's a loft. There's a cellar. We can't secure the west end of the street. I don't give a damn. She's just like waiting around, and she's like, "Listen, Charlie." Like <laughs> finishes. I don't know, it's. I'll play the clip, but it's pretty funny that she's like obviously like in this conversation and she's like she's not explaining it right i'm just gonna take over and she also slides into the booth right. while, while saying it like, she's helping out her little book bag yeah oh and she gets a little <laughs> book bags in for the night unprofesh in this scene where she says to charlie you're looking at the girl whose job it is to jump in front of the bullet i like it when she stays in her dorm and watches videos she really kind of seems like she shouldn't be trying to like yeah, that's like a heavy load of guilt to put on her. Right. That's if, your if anything job, happens lady. to me while you and Zoe are together, it's your Charlie. fault. Yeah. It's yeah. It's but also sort of saying weird... in front of Zoe. No, that, like, she went to the bathroom. Zoe was in the bathroom uh, when she said that. Yeah. I guess she's treating Charlie as a member of the as a coworker because he works at the White House and not as like a protected person in a way. Yeah. It's just I feel it's weird that like what I just remember thinking when she said that in response to like what he was saying, it just didn't. It wasn't like, it wasn't helpful really. Yeah. It was just like she's basically like, "Shut up, Charlie. Let her stay in, because it's easier on me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Charlie has a kind of a. It seems like the entire reason that everybody's reading this book is so that Charlie can say this one line. Yes. Hey, look. It says here that one hundred years ago. A black guy couldn't show up to a club opening with a white girl for fear he'd be killed. Boom. Check your privilege. Damn, Actually, And that's when Zoe goes to the bathroom. And then while she's in the bathroom, Charlie just throws a 20 down and leaves, which is a pretty dick move. Yeah. But yeah. And then there's a scene with Sam and Lily. Uh, well, Sam going to see Lily and her secretary is outside. And Sam's like, can I go in there? And she's like, oh, yeah, she's in there. 
And She's not in there. Not in there. First Lady's in there, which is a huge shock. And this is where Sam calls out the First Lady for being amateur. I believe that you're prone to amateur mistakes. Mrs. Bartlett, you can't go on national television and decide to have that kid sit next to you on a whim. You got to vet this stuff through my office. It looked like you discovered there was a child labor problem because a 14-year-old boy named Jeffrey just told you about it this morning. He's pretty upfront with her. Yeah. Not yeah. a straight up. He doesn't even say with all due respect, which is what you say before you're about to insult someone. <laughs> before you're about to lay down some mad smack. Yeah, before you're about to be really disrespectful of someone, you have to yeah. say yeah, with you, all due respect. You should never say that. With all due respect? Yeah. No, like, but if you're going to tell someone, fuck you, you might as well just say it. But with all due respect, your, your pussy smells bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Like really bad. Like dead person bad. <laughs> oh my god my mom but i mean like it doesn't even say like i respect you but mm. it's like with all respect to which you are owed which could range from which is to very zero. little oh right you're not making a state you're not making any claims to how much respect is due yeah like you're with even all that, the respect like, i think the, it's implied it's certainly implied it's all yeah it's almost like an extra insult because it's like if you're due any respect at all with all of that which is barely any. And let's be honest, you're not. Yeah. yeah. Am I right? So Sam kind of lays out the ways in which Miss Bartlett has fucked up the past day of things where like going on TV, out of message with the White House, leaking things to the press or people. He doesn't know that she leaked it, which we find out later. But then. Yeah, he, he's tough. And she's kind of like, yeah, I, I done did it. Well, she well, she ex- accepts proud his. and quiet about it, I think. I think she accepts his professional opinion on that yeah. or he he is kind of nice in that he's like i don't think i should have to exercise but you're a doctor and you say i do i'm a political doctor essentially <laughs> <laughs> it's like with all due respect you're the first lady and that's great and all but you're just the president's wife and you have an agenda it's different than the president's agenda it's kind of messing up the president's agenda as long as it doesn't mess up the president's agenda it's fine you could talk to all the kids you want yeah and she i think handles it really well because you can tell she's like kind of fuming and like a little hurt inside by this and taken down a bit, but she's just like, I'll do what I need to do to fix it. That's it. I can't wait for the speech that Bill Clinton gets where it's just like, (laughs) watch out, dude. You're just the husband, bro. You're showing too much Clinton global initiative. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe scale back those big money fees from Golden Sachs for a second. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I see what you did. The next scene is Danny and Miss Landingham. Danny's waiting to get his five minutes with the president. They're kind of making small talk, but Miss Landingham is a little on edge around him because she doesn't like it when people from the press are in her from, her inner sanctum. Excuse me, from the print media. Yeah. And then he makes a stupid joke. I'm just not used to having members of the print media in here. I'll try not to get ink on the furniture. Aw, oh, Danny. And I was just about to offer you a cookie. And now? No. And then she takes away cookie privileges. Yeah. That's, it. That's all it takes. Just like one like, little ink joke. I thought that joke was really sweet and funny. And I mm-hmm. did not. That's a very good like old lady joke. Right? And not she's probably, like ink. She, she's probably read a newspaper before. Yeah. yeah, yeah they Maybe get that. she knew he was pandering to her. And yeah. she was like, and for that, you get no cookie. And then she's like, 
I got to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> she leaves the room. <laughs> Do you think she bakes those cookies daily? I was thinking about that. I bet she just no she's gets she sources the. She cookies. probably got a cookie helper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. But she, she does. She's use busy. She's a important lady. I think that she's probably very specific about where the cookies come from, though. Like she my grandma used place. to make these great cookies. Uh-huh. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good. That's all. Okay. Good, good for you. Mandel bread. Oh, I know Mandel bread. Yeah. That's a shitty Jewish shortbread. It's called shortbread. bread, but it's cookie. No, it was shitty? Well, shortbread mm. is better because it's more butter. Mm. E. Mm. And Mandel bread is like dry shortbread. So the first lady pops her head in. I think she knows why Danny's there because she's very suspicious of him. She makes the eyes. She's and like, then oh, later really? she references it. Right. Also, isn't there an implication here that Danny wrote a book about her? There yeah, but the president later um, says you literally wrote the book on it. Yeah, owner. that's weird. Seems like a weird thing. That's like a full, like a puffy kind of fluff thing for someone like Danny to have written. I don't know. She's a very impressive person. Yeah, she's like a doctor, but she yes. hasn't really had a public life so much. I don't know. It seems like I guess she's on the board of hospitals and stuff. And I mean. You know, Jed has been in office for a really long time. So uh, she's, she's the always... first lady of New Hampshire. Yeah. So I think she's she's probably very active. But Danny would have such insidery. It seems like he would write the campaign book. The yeah. how the president got elected. Here's all the stories from the trail mm-hmm. type thing. Not like go research the life of the first lady for six months. When the hell did he write this book? <laughs> Maybe it's part of a three book deal, you know. You don't know, you know. Oh, he's just getting out of the contract. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Danny and Charlie have a quick conversation first. This is where um Danny knows all about the club. And Charlie's like, listen, man. Look, I do what I do, I go where I go. If it's a problem for the Secret Service on black, Whoa. then that's the way it is. But you shouldn't expect candy and flowers, you know what I'm saying? And Danny tries to talk him down a little bit, tells him to be hassle free and Zoe's life. Uh, Solid advice. Yeah, pretty good. Charlie doesn't really want to hear it, though. Although I think by the end, he kind of takes the point. And Danny also says that growing up with President Bartlett was probably no company picnic. Is this oh, a- I like that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a thing people say that is a metaphor for a fun thing? Yeah. They say a picnic. They, they just say... Picnic. Yeah. And a company picnic is a specific type of picnic. That you're forced to go to. That you're forced to go to. Yeah, I but think that he will, added that. That's kind of stressful though, right? Right? Like yeah. not fun. This like, is oh, a do I... metaphor. So is he saying, he's saying it, extended, it was no company picnic, metaphor. so it wasn't, you, it was not just not a picnic, it wasn't even, it wasn't as even good a company as a company. Pump, a company. Pumpany is such a cute word. That's going to be the name of my next cat. the president comes and pulls danny in and leo is just sitting there awkwardly i think leo's great in this scene he's like i'm just the guy that's here yeah i just want to be on record that i am against this meeting i told him this was a bad idea and the president is so giddy to see danny he's so funny he's like fake about it no i mean he's not giddy he's basically He's doing the worst thing you could do to a reporter. He's trying to ask them to reveal their confidential sources. Not only his sources, somebody else's sources. But like, he's being so adorable. Well, first because he, he knows he's like he's, breaking journalist law. Yeah, you he's trying to like not do that. You listen, cannot get sources. He charmed me. He's trying so. to butter him up a little. He's like, he starts naming all the cities they've had conversations. Albany, in. Ames, Iowa, 
Tulsa, Skokie, Center City, Tallahassee, Albany, San Antonio, Jasper, Wyoming. Yes, sir. You know who he buttered up? This girl. I would have <laughs> given him all the sources. Well, that's why we're not going to let you into Journalist Club. Well, <laughs> oh, journalist. Yeah, that's why I don't tell yeah. you any secrets. It wasn't Danny's source. <laughs> Which is even worse because he would be betraying a coworker. It, Not it's his up coworker. to you. It's one thing if you want to choose to give away your sources, but you can't give away someone else's sources. No, if he would know the source, then it is a coworker. But isn't because otherwise, thing? no. So if he knows, no, he got a, it was a wire story. But but who, okay, who does he write for? People in news media often know a lot of people. I know people that work at that AP, multiple people. Also, like. If he knows who the source is, it means he knows the person. Because otherwise, he might have even got the same story. He's he spoken to them. But doesn't there's that no mean, way he knows the source unless he's spoken that to them. That person revealed their source to Danny. Probably understanding that he wouldn't reveal it to the president of the United States of America, or whatever person leaked it might have just leaked it to a lot of people, and just made to make sure somebody wrote about it. Yeah. And Danny would would have been one of those people potentially. Yeah. Yeah, we know who leaked it. It was the first lady. Right. Um, I think the president knows this at this point, too, but he's well, so trying to get some confirmation. Yeah, he's trying to get confirmation from Danny, and he says, I'm trying to have, I'm having this conversation with you, so can I can avoid having this conversation with my wife. But what I don't understand is, even if Danny confirmed it, he would still have he to still talk has to, his to his wife. wife. He, he says, or that would help me in that conversation later. Right, or oh, any to, to information sure. that yeah. would help me. But I, 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 I don't totally understand no, that's it. He just wants like confirmation that it really was her, so that he can go in there holding pocket aces, and uh, he doesn't want to have that part of the conversation. Because it would be a pretty well. He doesn't want to accuse her if he's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Then there's a a little bit at the end where Danny won't tell, and the president's like, "We used to be close." And then he said, "If it's any consolation, I just gave Charlie some sage advice <laughs> on how to date Zoe." And then the president takes offense at that because. It's just going to end up in his daughter getting getting banged. What's the phrase you just close the deal? Sealed the deal? Something like that. First of all, Mr. President, they've totally already fucked. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> dude, stop being so crazy with your daughters, guys. Yeah. Guys fuck, girls I fuck. It's all good, man. Stop totally being a weirdo dad. Love is that this this president is a really like complex and interesting person and he's you know, very introspective, but when it comes to his daughter, he's just like a boring old dad who ha- is like, "Oh, I should have never let." Guess her what, date dads? Anyone. Girls, daughters, they fuck. Yeah, like real good too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like he, this part of him could have been written more interestingly, even though like you don't even know the he shit. He makes they funny do. jokes about locking her up in the dungeon and stuff like that. Oh, there was that funny joke I, I didn't mention earlier, where. We've been getting some letters about uh, these guys don't like you dating a black guy. And she says, Charlie. And he <laughs> says, don't please don't tell me you're dating more than one guy right now. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He said, you're already dating one more guy than I am OK with you dating. After that, they have the many ladies of Wisconsin, Minnesota, Democratic politics. So a lot of ladies. Yeah. And this congresswoman is there, the one that's adding this amendment. And the first lady comes up and talks her out of adding it um, in a pretty... I think she's a professional now. She did that very Yeah, aptly. she steps it up. She strong arms a bitch. Well, and she, but with an olive branch, too. She's like, you want to run for Senate. I think you're trying to, like, 
you know, bone up your credentials here. Why don't you just not do that now, but we'll help you run for Senate and the president can get you elected, essentially. Yeah, it's I mean, it's also an implicit threat. You do what I say or we're going to actively maybe not not even help you, but seek to destroy you. Yeah, this isn't the back of Steve's boat anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Becky. uh, And then uh, so she takes care of that pretty, pretty nicely. So free trade for all. It's going to pass. And then there's a quick scene of Leo and the president. Uh, Leo is also reading this book. And this is where they talk about the the washing machine. Oh, yeah, there's that scene with Donna, too, earlier. Some medical authorities warned that professional seamstresses were apt to become sexually aroused by the steady rhythm of the foot pedals. They recommended slipping bromide, which was thought to diminish sexual desire, into a woman's drinking water. Why would anyone want to diminish a woman's sexual desire? It's driving. Donna delivers the funniest line and says... We can get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. She deadpans it. It's yeah, great. It's so true. Funny. <laughs> As Brayden has just <laughs> elaborated on, got um, real out of hand. Yeah, Leo also picks up on the part where the medical consensus at the time was that heroin was a, a cure-all for all of all of life's ills. It provides buoyancy to the mind <laughs> and regulates the. Bowels or some bowels indigestion. <laughs> I've heard there, yeah, there are some bowels side effects. That just made me think of train spotting, like withdrawals. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah, everything <laughs> I know about heroin I learned from train spotting. Same But I read the book, so I'm smarter. <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 it like took you longer to get the same information? Yeah, I read the book. Yeah. It's like the movie, but better. And it makes you it takes better, a lot longer. It makes you a better person. It's Ewan McGregor in the book. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> First Lady comes over to the Oval Office, and she's super kind of creepy at the beginning. Hello, pumpkin. Abby. Hello, gumdrop. <laughs> she's like, hello, gumdrop. Hello. Yeah. She's uh, like about to murder, murder. him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have a quick blow up about like, don't send your staff to handle me don't send me messages through the press they're both mad at each other for not for the way that they do politics towards each other without talking to each other first they they have a huge fight but then they make up immediately they have a pretty great fight which is what i kind of imagine marriage is like where there's a lot of yelling but then it works out in the end this is a very optimistic take on marriage (laughs) this is not the sitcom take of marriage um there's a point where they both have good points and they concede to each other and the president says such a funny thing to the first lady where exactly he does yeah and this takes me back to the point earlier in this podcast when you said there was a funnier line but in fact this is the funnier line and i will now deliver it ladies and gentlemen bradenson no (laughs) no however just be wrong just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong and just get used to it. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I did acting. I think the funniest line is Toby, where Josh says, you got to be in this meeting. And then if you're not in this meeting, they're going to be offended right off the bat. And then Toby says, if I'm in this meeting, they're going to end up offended. I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about opinions. Everybody gets to have an opinion. And we cut to the clip. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to cite to... Uh, Listen, we're going to play good pop, good cop, bad cop. And he's like, good no, pop? You, you play good cop and I'll play guy that doesn't go to the meeting. <laughs> That's pretty funny, too. Do so you... he says, 
they're going to start the meeting offended if you're not there. And he says, if I'm in the meeting, they're going to end up in the meeting offended. <laughs> the, do, I to give my, do I have to <laughs> do the quote do again? Try one more time. No. <laughs> Insert clip here. You have to go to the meeting. I told them you'd be at the meeting. If you're not there, they're going to start right out insulted. I go to this meeting, there's a decent chance they're going to end up insulted. <laughs> Um, Anyways, I, I thought that was funny. That made me laugh. During that scene, though, that whole scene with Toby and Josh before the meeting, Toby's eating nuts. Did anyone notice this? Perfectly cromulent. Oh, yeah. yeah. He brings and, him into the meeting. And he does. Oh, just, like, I didn't eating know nuts. what those were. I thought they were uh, pills. Just like <laughs> so I was curious because he takes a lot of pills. Yeah, he eats a lot of pills. It's like it looks it like, like an anxiety pill because he was. Cause he I had, noticed had a lot of anxiety week, in that meeting with Al Kiefer when they were all around the table. Sam was popping pills. Yeah. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. It was I did weird. not notice that. Are you sure, it wasn't nuts. They like show no. him eating pills. Yeah. <laughs> At lunch. Are you sure he wasn't popping nuts? No, it was a pill. Okay. Interesting. So they're all pill poppers. No, but Toby was totally eating nuts of some sort or maybe like, I don't know, something. I thought it could have been mints. No, it was definitely. I thought, no, I definitely thought it could have been. Like those eat. free mints you get that are like coated in no, powder. No, it chips. was yeah. something savory for sure. Okay. The, the mo- sweetest it could have gotten, I think, was Cracker Jacks, but it no could sweeter. have been like. That's pretty cor- sweet, What though. are those corn? Corn nuts. Corn nuts, it looked like, or actual nuts. But he was making this sound. We don't have to do that. The whole <laughs> scene. And it was just like so distracting to me. It's called acting. Yeah. Yeah. But then. Mouth work. Yeah. <laughs> but then I realized when I like close my eyes and I think about Toby, he's definitely eating nuts. <laughs> He's like looking angry and eating nuts. In like like general? A, yeah. Like that's Toby. <laughs> Just snacking. But angrily snacking. <laughs> to make a point. He's like snacking against you. <laughs> anyway. So the first lady president fight happens, but doesn't really. I, I think there's no bad blood at the end of it, really. They definitely did sex after. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah were like, that was this a, is our first Oval Office yeah, fight. That, yeah, that was a pretty long scene, the yeah. sex scene. <laughs> 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 so they start in regular, and then <laughs> <laughs> um, they had to go all the way back to the and residence. They, they end up handling each other. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo. Um, so then there's one more scene at the end. It's Charlie going to Zoe's dorm room, and I like the logistics of the secret service watching on zoe they have the room across Live the in hall a dorm across the hall yeah and she keeps the door open so she can keep an eye on the door so charlie's there to apologize slash neg a little bit to zoe <laughs> <laughs> just suffice it to say that anything i've done to upset you even if it only exists in your kind of confused little mind i really apologize for it. yeah that's a shit apology <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh zoe is fine with it. Um, she he, likes that he brought popcorn and videos. He, he like brought some, some blockbuster videos. <laughs> Physical SMPs media. Blockbuster. This was an ancient media delivery service. Something <laughs> called VHS. Yeah, so then that's the end of the episode. I thought that was a cute scene it at was. the end, though. And then um, as they close the door to start, quote unquote, watching videos, she says, book bag is in for the night. Book, book bag is stuffed. <laughs> it's like vhs and chill oh yeah we we didn't really mention that's zoe's secret service nickname 
book bag. It's, yeah, it's book bag. That's a which, good one. It's a really, really good one. Uh, and then the credit scene is Toby, Josh, and Sam outside of the Roosevelt room during one of their little asides during the big meeting, uh, which is not a super exciting shot. So that's the episode. Uh, so headlines time. Headlines? You got anybody? So oh. I have um, a couple about the um, chair of the Fed. Okay. I got a couple of those. So I have heart. So it's Bernie doll, right? Heartburn. <laughs> Spelled B-E-A-R-N. Because he, had a heart he attack. died of a heart he attack. Because he died. Yeah. Because he died. And then it would say doll dead. Um <laughs> And then I have um, First Lady Er likes new Fed chair. Er, er likes. Er likes. Because it's er, Ron Ehrlich. Yeah, yeah. And she boned him. Mm, okay, I have, I have two equivalent ones for the same thing. One, one for the guy dying. Fed head dead. Stocks in red. Nice. <laughs> I love ones that rhyme. <laughs> that one's got four rhymes in it. Yeah, that was excellent. Well done. And uh, the other one is about the, it's, it's Ron Ehrlich White House waffles on Fed Reserve replacement. <laughs> nice. That's you for that. I uh, was really excited for a second about White House waffles. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized that we would be eating no waffles. So I have um, one about the global free trade possibly being halted, the agreement by... Becky Reisman, yeah. and it's, I definitely got the acronym wrong for the free trade agreement, but it was. It's um, called GAFTA. G-T-F-O-G-F-T-M-A. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Bex Rex. Bex Rex? Bex Rex. No, I didn't, nothing happened in this episode. That didn't actually happen. She didn't actually enter an amendment. Yeah, but it could have. But I. Yeah, well, then it would have said, but like, I, Becky Reisman like, fucks it all up. Becky didn't do the thing. <laughs> but she was tried to do the thing. Becky with the bad bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Topical. I just came up with that one. It's good. I like it. I like it. I just had child belabor Reisman amendment torpedoes <laughs> trade agreement. Worst lady. I have worst lady. Float as threatens teen. <laughs> President's wife, a real bitch on TV to young child. Is that our first duplicate? <laughs> nice. Okay, that's all the ones I got. That's all I got. <laughs> um, so, as far as final thoughts go, I just want to mention that on the West Wing wiki, under the trivia section, which usually has something interesting, mm -hmm. there was only one line, and it was... Maura Kelly does not appear in this episode. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and I or read that Sorry, on the subway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Morning, is she gone? Does she uh, go away? I laughed real hard. We're she, not going to spoil. No spoilings. She wasn't in this episode. She wasn't. Yeah. But, and, and in the past couple, she's kind of been like, oh, there's Mandy for a second. Because like, we're still paying her, I guess. We have to still. <laughs> is she still in the credits? I don't oh, remember. I don't remember either. Anyways. um, so Yeah, so this one, I... I'm going to, I think this is a uh, wing. It's, I like the Charlie Charzo plot. Those, that's like a couple pretty good scenes together. They're pretty funny. And the stuff about like the book is a pretty like good construct to get people joking off of the same things. But this has, this whole episode has a problem of a bunch of scenes where they set up these conflicts 
where it's like, oh, Toby's going to have this bad meeting with people and Sam's going to go talk to Lily and the president and the first lady and they all just like resolve it immediately. It's all these problems and nothing comes out of it. Nothing actually happens. It seems like a lot of stuff happens in this, but it's like, it's like you said, she's going to have this bill. Oh, wait, she really doesn't. Do the do first though. lady's going to make this big thing about the replacement. Um, not really, though. She's going to take it back. Uh, every, everything is just like a setup that seems like it might be something interesting, yeah. and then they completely like, they're decapitate They're kind of too it. perfect, the arguments that do happen. There's, they're not like uh, complicated enough or messy. Yeah, I don't think it's a great episode, but I think it's a, it's a good episode. We finally get to mm-hmm. see some serious first lady, which is nice. She's, she's an actual character on the episode, not just a, a background image. You know, we set up a little tension between her office and the president. Uh, kind of interesting. Not, you know, nothing big going on. Nothing really dramatic, but kind of neat behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I thought it was good. I was entertained. Not the best. Not the best wing. It's fast, at least. I think that has that going for it. There's yeah. like a fair pace. Well, yeah, there's a and there's a there's good scenes like Toby. Toby's pretty funny. Um, Not enough Josh in this one, I don't think. Yeah. He's just in that Barely. meeting to like bug Toby a little bit. It's okay. They make up for it with plenty of Charlie, which is rare. Yeah. So Charlie's great in this episode, but yeah. <laughs> mostly for his I do what I do speech. I feel like it's the like episodes like this, though, that make marathoning the show very easy to do because they kind of give you things like easy episodes that are just like fun to watch with the characters. Yeah. This is a good going to bed episode. Yeah. Yeah. Wash dishes to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or just I don't I don't even know how that works, but that's, iPad. Yeah, okay. Because I mean, there are no issues <laughs> that are being delved into in this episode. Well, look, the children train. work. Yeah, children. Children. No, but there's but no. What I mean, the there's, no, there's nobody making the pro child labor right, exactly. argument though. <laughs> yes. Right. There's no. The, everything. Everything is one sided in this. Uh, the trade. The trade thing. I think. I think they we really could argue no. they're sort of making the pro child labor I like, argument with Jeffrey's parents. <laughs> they secretly get into that one or like subtly get into it. There's there's that one like middle meeting scene where Toby's like free trade does create jobs. Like you say these imports are bad for Ford, but they inspire they create a demand in the market for the kind of cars that Ford makes that and there's a at least a little bit of that. I mean, it's not the best argument, yeah, but cars are a bad example there because there's only cars are they don't they they scale much better when they go up like the the value the profits you can get from manufacturing an expensive piece of technology like a car right just, people are still paying $60,000 for cars on the regular right for, so they're not paying it for reams of they're, fabric they're, they're like an exception to the usual way that economies of scale work for commodities so it's not really a fair argument but whatever like he catches them on the Toyota thing and that's fine but uh you know, and then on the on the Ehrlich thing, they just don't really like you kind of expect in the beginning that it's going to be kind of like the Mendoza thing where it's like at first we're going to have this like unlikable dude be the nominee for Fed chair. And then it turns out we find like a like a dark horse, like much more likable, liberal, you know, genuine guy that we're going to pick. And that ends up going nowhere. Like in, they don't actually explore sort of like the the economic views the president has. Well, it's just he did sex with the president's wife. Yeah. yeah. The president does say he may not be the guy. Well, because he has a, a more conservative view on inflationary scares. 
and he's concerned that the guy will be too conservative with like raising interest rates in order to avoid inflation and he would prefer to have a guy who has a more modern view a more keynesian view on that but then he never doesn't go anywhere in the end he's like yeah I guess I will. Well, know, they undermine it later the sucks. in the first lady scene where he's like, I was going to pick him anyways. Right. So it's like that whole like debating about that was just for show or for petty personal things. Yeah. It, it kind of like guts what begins as like, this is the thing that the president cares about. This is his field. This is what he got a Nobel Prize for. And in the end, he's like, eh, I didn't really care about that crap at all. And it was just like a weird jealousy thing. So they did have that short little scene of the president getting really into economics with CJ and yeah. Leo earlier. But I thought it was there was a weird thing I meant to mention in that scene where he he says that kind of like sophisticated thing about like the global deflationary things counteract. And Leo's like, yep, on board. And then <laughs> afterwards, he's like, usually we want a 5% growth rate and 2 to 3% is considered low and leo's like whoa you lost me there buddy yeah that's like not that's <laughs> it's not, not a sophisticated concept it's like we want five and we're getting two whoa. And not, yeah, leo used to be the labor secretary <laughs> right so and, if, and he's like a wall well, he's like a millionaire yeah one he should understand all this stuff and two he should understand the position that labor has against globalization oh well he doesn't really mention the yeah he, he doesn't, doesn't get he doesn't into the trade in that fight at this yeah. point i mean i assume he's for it because the president's for it but anyways, uh, yeah, so, yeah, wing, but a pretty entertaining one, if, if yeah, nothing wing. else. Meowing. Meowing. Okay. Uh, anybody got any other thoughts? Hey, no. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Get out of here. <laughs>